Welcome everyone to the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. Oh, because we're not quite at noon. We're past noon. We're past noon. Yeah. So I I have to. I don't know how I'm going to work this all out. So I'm just going to be Larry. <laughs> we've mo- we've moved on to afternoon, Doctor Van Beek. <laughs> yes. And when you find out how much I actually know about Chapter Six, it's Larry. <laughs> <laughs> It can't be. It can't be. Like it's even the L on the forehead. <laughs> oh my God! It's almost a Smash Mouth song. Um, hey, well, folks, so glad to have you with us. Like Larry said, we're going to talk. That's about- what it is. It's Smash Mouth. I yeah. was listening to Smashing Pumpkins, thinking I thought they were different than this. Is I really didn't enjoy it. It's almost thrashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was Smash Mouth that I enjoyed, not Smashing. I smashed the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to stay away from the vegetables and go towards the humans. <laughs> yes, yes, which I, I much prefer smashing miles anyway. To. Yeah, well, it's part of being in the north. <laughs> the English say smash face, don't they, When for kissing? I don't know. I don't know either. Let's let's let let's get on to the lost <laughs> where, where, where we belong. I'm a little little confused. Um, well, like Larry said, folks, we're going to talk about uh, Hebrews six, or maybe he didn't say it, and I'm saying it now. But we are going to talk about Hebrews six, right, Larry? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're just going to read a little bit from the end of five, just as a reminder, because five belongs to six. Yeah, just like the end of six belongs to seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's deja vu all over again. Well, it is. It's, it is that. Yes. It's it's a forecast of deja vu. Oh, hang on. How do you do yeah, that? You always have to remember when you're reading scripture that the numbers were added way way later, and they they don't necessarily have anything to do with what's going on in the chapter. <laughs> They're just a way to find stuff. Yeah. If you yeah. Think of it that way, then you're better off. I remember Craig Brawl said they were numbered by a man riding on horseback. Drawing <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. them in with a pencil. All right, folks. Or or a big green guy on a donkey. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you're following along, uh, playing the uh, Apocalypse game at home, we're in uh, Hebrews chapter 5, and we're at verse 11 is where I'm going to pick it up. And I'll read verse 11 through 14, and then I'll flip over and start reading out of chapter 6 right away. Good. So 5, verse 11. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, this is in chapter 6 now, therefore let us have the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, and of instructions about washings, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and internal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible... Okay, let's stop there just for a second. Do it. So so the reason we we read the end of chapter 5 is because he's saying, you ought to be teachers, but you're, you're you're still children, for crying out loud. Right. The thing that I like is that he says these elementary things that he says they're they're wasting their time on are um, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, instructions about washings, <laughs> you know, and which is baptisms, right? The ba- right. baptism, yeah, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. These are not small things. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
these are really big doctrinal things that he says come on yeah <laughs> get, get on with it man this is this is simple stuff you know and i think he would say yeah you get baptized and and you know the dead are raised sure. we're all going to the judgment one day like okay okay we know that stuff now let's talk about living for god now mm, mm. and that's the big thing that he's going to get on okay so so there we go so now we're on four right picking up verse four as larry said for it is impossible in the case of those who have been once who who have once been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the holy spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of god and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance Ah, uh, here it comes. Since yeah, they yeah. are crucified, crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding them up to contempt, holding him up to contempt, contempt, for for land that that has been that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose sake it has been cultivated receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and in its in its end is to be burned. And this, this is the big kicker passage that gives so many people trouble with the book of Hebrews, right? right. Like remember in, um, in 2 and again in a little bit in 3 and then in 4 and in 5, he keeps mentioning this falling away stuff, like, like not, not pressing on. Remember the children of Israel in the land, they ended up, they didn't make the land. They ended up dying in the desert, never making it to, uh, to, the, to the promised land, never making it to God's Sabbath rest. He says, he says, all of this is waiting for you, but you have to maintain your faith to get there. Mm, mm. And now he says it, um, I'm going to say, I, I know I'm saying he all the time. Now the author says really clearly, right? We're going to do this if God permits. It's impossible for those who've been enlightened to have tasted of the heavenly gift, um, who have shared in the Holy Spirit and tasted the word of God and the power of the age to come. When they've fallen away, they can't come to repentance again. So this is very troublesome. Mm -hmm. it, it's troublesome because there, there are, are a couple of groups of Christians out there. Some, one group will say that you can lose your salvation. Upon becoming a Christian, you can lose your salvation. Um, and th we're talking about groups that believe you can go to hell. Right. Right? So they'd say, you can be a Christian, be on your way to heaven, um, fall away from your faith, and you end up in hell. Right. Okay. And there are another group of Christians who say, once you're a Christian, you can never lose your salvation. Right. Um, so the the illustration they like to use that I actually like that they use, um, even though I'm not a part of this this group, is they say, once you become a Christian, it's like being on a ship. You can fall over on deck as many times as you want, but you're never going to fall overboard. Hmm. So you you can you can lose. Your relationship a little bit, but you never completely lose your relationship. Okay. Right. And I like to do a little a little game when I'm teaching this in person, and I, I'll say to the group, "So, at what point do you lose your salvation? You know, you know, do you lose it when you lie?" And most of them will go, "Oh no, no, because <laughs> we have lied." <laughs> you know. What time? Um, what time yeah. is it right now? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. No, no, that, that dress looks lovely on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's not the jeans. <laughs> but um, but, but then, then, then I'll say, you know, so if you get drunk, if, if, if you get stoned drunk, you know, do you lose your salvation at that point? And um, 
depending on the crowds, <laughs> some of the people in the crowd will say, yes, yes, you do. Um, if you kill someone, do you lose your salvation at that point? You know, mm -hmm. if you're a serial killer, if you're a, if you're a serial rapist, at what point do you lose your salvation? And of course, I, for me, I mean, none of these people are, are Christians. <laughs> when you get to that point, like I've given up on them too. And, and but the point that that the the one group makes is you can lose your salvation. And because I'm a part of a group that believes that you can lose your salvation, I would always say, but it's not easy to lose your salvation. It's right. not a matter of I did one thing wrong and I lost my salvation. There are Christians that believe that. Yep. And they believe that until that you confess your sins and then you're renewed. And right. so you have to confess your sins constantly. I, I feel more that your sins draw you away from God and you come to a place where you no longer care about God. And you mm. say, it's not in anger, Jesus, I'm so sick of serving you because you didn't do something for me again today or yeah. something terrible has happened to me. I don't want to serve you. It's not an anger thing. It's more a, a, a feeling of, yeah, I, I'm so far away from you now that I just don't want to serve you anymore. Yeah, ambivalence right? almost, right? Yeah, ambivalence toward. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying that you've you've put Christ up again to crucifixion. Mm. So you, it's not just a moment of anger. It's it's more, although in Moses' case, I mean, he had that moment of anger. He didn't get into the land. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But um, but I don't think it's that way. I think it's 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 a much stronger thing than that, where the relationship slowly breaks down to you no longer want it. Mm. Now there are a whole other set of Christians that say that cannot happen to a Christian. So when we look at this person that that no longer serves God, my group would say they've lost their salvation. The other group would say they never actually were Christians, <laughs> right? And so in in practical terms, we all try to win them to Christ, back to Christ. Yes. See, um, and the people who think that you can't lose your salvation, they do have a problem because because they'll say things like, well, it just says he's tasted of, of the word of God, right? Mm. They've tasted of the goodness of the word of God. They've tasted of the heavenly gift. They haven't actually entered it. They've just tasted it. Yeah. But we, we that's where we point earlier in this chapter when we say, but Jesus tasted of death. Yeah. And, and none of us say that he... That you know, you know, he, he laid on the ground until they got the, the shock on him, and you know, the defibrillator brought him back, and he only tasted of death. Right. Um, it's not that kind of a thing. He actually died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And came back. But he did die, and so so those are the those are the two groups that 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 deal with this verse. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Now I have a problem with my view, that the other guys don't have. If you believe that you actually can't lose your salvation, and this is just a really strong example, which he's going to say later on, he's going to say, I don't see this for you guys. I think you're going to be okay. You know, you just need to move along and, and stay faithful, right? Right. But, um, but I, I, I'm going to have a big problem uh, right away in that, in that it says here that those who have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, it is, you're unable, what does it say? It's impossible. If I, and then I drop down, for those who have fallen away, to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying God again to their own harm and to their own contempt. So actually what it says is that these people that turn away from Christ, have, having accepted him, when they turn away, they can't come back. Yes. And that's, that's a kind of a... Now, the, the escape in that is because they are crucifying him again. So my father-in-law would probably say, 
yeah, but if you stop crucifying him and you turn back to him, you're going to be okay again. Right. Right? So, but it's, there's a little bit of gymnastics that, that happened in this verse. Yeah. Now, his purpose is really clear. He's saying to these, <coughs> he's saying to these, these uh, Christians, you've got to carry on for God. You really have to carry on for God. Don't go back and, and be arguing about things that don't matter. Live each day for Christ. <coughs> Pardon me, Steve. Yeah, no worries. And then he uses the land. He says, you know, if the land, the land, you know, if it's not producing, if it's just producing thorns and thistles, we burn that sucker. Right. You know, and then we get rid of everything and we try to replant it, which is what they did in those days. Mm-hmm. And I think they still do that kind of thing today, right? Yeah. You get rid of what's there and then you, you plant it with good things. Right, right, he right. Said, you don't want to be like that land. You don't want to be like the Israelites that didn't get into the land. You don't want to be like those that turned against Moses and the earth swallowed them up. You want to carry on this other way. Mm-hmm. Verse 9. Okay. All right, folks, verse 9. <clears throat> Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure we <laughs> sorry, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not so unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but be imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. This is rough, because the, the people he's writing to are way better than us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. What? <laughs> you know, yeah. And this is almost like the, the words to Laodicea, right? Right. Hold um, on. You, yeah, hang on to what you got. I've got this against you that you've lost that first love. And he and he says that to them. He says, I've got, "I think, I think there's better things in store for you. God hasn't overlooked the the, the way that you uh, love each other, and you know that you've served the saints and you've done all of these things right. All that I'm trying to say to you is, keep going, keep persisting in this thing. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if these guys were a little bit like the Judaizers, and they were start they were starting to bring all of the Old Testament stuff back in. Mm, mm, and he's mm. trying to say, don't bring in all this, don't bring in the stuff that you've moved away from. Right. Right. There's there's so much thing, so much ahead of you now, and you want to be imitators of of those that that did this stuff through faith. And he's going to talk about the faith in chapter 13, right? All of those people of faith. Yep. And and he goes right in, into um, into the uh, Maccabean period there and everything when he's talking about the people of faith. Incredible, incredible chapter, and that's what he's kind of leading them toward. I'm trying to lead you toward that. Okay. Verse thirteen. Okay, thirteen. For when for when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, "Surely I will bless you and multiply you." And thus Abraham, having patiently waited. <laughs> Not really. Not, not very patiently. <laughs> yeah, they're being a little generous. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> Hagar! <laughs> Get <I'm> over t- <laughs> here. <laughs> Obtain the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, 
a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Yeah, so he finishes off with the, with the whole thing about Abraham, who, who waited, waited for the son, right? Waited for Isaac, waited 25 years from the time, what was he, um, 70 till he was 95, something like that? Yep. Um, but just this massive, and like he started really late. Yeah. You know? And, and he waited all of this time for the promise. And God, God gave him an oath, and God can't lie. Yeah. Therefore, I like this, he swore by himself. I don't remember which movie it was where he says, so help me me. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Bruce Almighty or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but here, here he's just saying, like he, he made this promise to Abraham, he fulfilled the promise to Abraham. He's going to fulfill the promise to you. You, you have an anchor and and this promise to, to us even you know yeah. we can we can bring ourselves into this now and say God made this promise to us you know he promised us eternal life he promised us heaven mm, 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 and that mm. promise is true right you want to see heaven have a look at Revelation chapter 4 right you know you want to see what it's like Paul says I went to the third heaven I didn't know if I was in or out of the body I saw unspeakable things right yeah it was a whole town full of minds yeah, they did unspeakable things to me, Steve. I think we've done, we've gone down that stupid road before, haven't I? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I went there again. Anyway, anyway, and and then he says, of course, Jesus is the forerunner. He's a priest in the order of Melchizedek, and that's next time we're together. We'll talk about Melchizedek. Yeah. But here, I think he's he's terribly worried for them. Yeah. Or the author, she or he is terribly worried for them saying i really want you to press on in your faith yeah and and like we said before this is an if um like the church at ephesus you right. kind of let go of that first love and you need to you're doing the right stuff yeah you need to press on yeah 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 don't lose heart now yeah don't uh, don't lose heart yeah now that's a fantastic reminder too right you know i mean we get in our lives we get a little bored we get a little complacent complacent there we there we say ambivalent to to our faith, and it's not hard. We can see how you get there. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us. A little programming note: we will not be back next week because one of us is on vacation, and then we'll be back for a single week, and then we'll be off for another four weeks almost, or maybe even five. It depends on kind of how it all works over the recording schedule. So it'll be a while after that uh, next one that uh, that will kind of take this little hiatus. We'll use it to recharge our batteries, to bring fresh and new content. Yeah, that's our story. And we're sticking to it. <laughs> and in this, in this passage again, Steve, just remember, it doesn't matter if you believe you're going to lose your, you can lose your salvation, or if you if you believe you can't. He's still saying to all of us, press on in your faith. Yeah, yeah. Press on. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. And this has been the Apocalypse Podcast. Mm-hmm.